0: Welcome to the Truth Codes Gold podcast. Now for many of you, the events of the last week or so will have shocked you. We are now being shown the depth of illusion that humanity are within. And for those of you who are listening within the UK, you'll be physically seeing it. Those around you acting in ways that you just can't comprehend. Where we have a monarch who has passed, who was of a great age before she passed, and the civilization in this part of the dimensional space who just simply cannot accept it. Now we have to understand that the monarch is a symbol. So we're not looking at the person as such, we are looking at the symbolism of the monarch. Because for those who live in the UK, we were born into a monarchy. For those of you who are listening to this podcast who are in different countries, if these are not a country that's run by a king or a queen, and these are
1: like the USA
0: where you have presidents, this is more challenging to understand. Because it's not until that you are taken out of the country you were born into that you understand there are different ways of living. Now that certainly applied when I left the UK and spent a number of years in the USA. I was born into a monarchy. That has been a background and it doesn't matter if you follow the royal family or you you don't follow the royal family. It's the energy that you're born into. So there are ways of living and there are rules and regulations and laws in this country. And they differ for each of the four different nations so Scottish law is not the same as, as English law, it's not the same as Welsh law, and it's certainly not the same as Irish law. So these are subtle differences that come into play also. Now I remember spending a good deal of my time in the USA, certainly in the latter part, before I came back to this country, where I got into conversations about law. So we'd be sitting on a porch and someone would strike up a conversation about the police, for example, What amazed me when I lived in the USA for for those short, well short but it seemed to last whatever years, was the difference in the way that people express freedom. Now that's part and parcel of what's going on at the moment. I spent a lot of time saying to people, well we just can't do that because we'd get arrested. We're not allowed to say this, we're not allowed to do this. The police have these powers, the police have that powers. And generally, we are watched 24-7. When you buy petrol in this country, then you will, you drive into a gas station that has cameras. So if you were to be silly enough not to pay for your petrol, you can guarantee that 20 minutes down the road, you're met by his, Her Majesty's police force and you're promptly arrested for whatever the... The rule is about paying for your, for your gas. Now we become used to this. I have to say that I was used to this living in this country because it didn't come in all at once. There was a time when there were no cameras on the street corners. There was a time where you were not basically trapped from the moment that you left your house till the moment you returned. None of that was in place. It was slowly put into place over the various years. Then I spent time in a country where people had signs in their backyard stating that you were on private property, something you would never see in the UK, never see in Scotland, although we have a freedom to roam that is not in force in England. So basically, if you want to come over to Scotland and you want to trape through anybody's backyard, on you go. No one's going to stop you. However, the laws of trespass are different in England where basically people can wall off their gardens and if you trespass, you will be fined. There is no law of trespass in Scotland. That doesn't stop people trying to enforce it when people buy houses and land up here. We sometimes get people from other countries or People from other parts of the UK who who buy a little piece of land and they decide they're going to put up huge fences and then they're going to put private property keep out and then the locals rise. That happened in Case Nice where a, a woman that I knew bought a property and she was Dutch and she began raising the fences. She then decided that she was going to put up no trespassing And all of a sudden all the people in the local village decided to walk their dogs through her back garden to prove a point. So the whole point of explaining that is the freedom and what is perceived as freedom. When we have hundreds of thousands of people who are now lining up to shuffle past a coffin to pay their respects if you will. And the fact that we have 19 days of mourning for the passing of a monarch. Now we have to remember that this is only stage one. As with all deaths, no matter who dies, there is a process of grief that begins. So we have an extended mourning period for the monarch. So there's a lot of rote and ritual that will happen over the coming few days. And this is important to note because grief itself is a rote and ritual. And if we do not complete all the rote and ritual with grief, then we never end the grief. So many people are triggered up this time by the sudden absence of a head of state. Now remember, being born into a country that is a monarch, that is a monarchy, the Queen has always been there and it's been reinforced. So we have the Queen on stamps. We have the we don't have the Queen on Scottish money. We do have the Queen on English banknotes. Now this is subliminal, the messaging. We do have the Queen on our coins. So when you are counting the coins or when you're dealing in coins and cash, when you are seeing the stamp being put on the envelope, when you're walking past a postbox that has the initials ER on it, Basically, when you are seeing the symbol that the Queen is or was, that is being reinforced. So, we have lived, unless you're over, I don't know, unless you're in your 80s now, people who are younger than that will always have lived with this in the background. Now, this has to be understood. This is a reinforcement of sovereignty in inverted commas. Like, she has been in charge. Whether you agree with that is irrelevant. That has been the backdrop. She was a sovereign. Now suddenly she's not there. Now at the moment there is a transition period where she's not been physically seen for a while so people are are sort of on a cusp really. There is a coffin there. Now for those people who are shuffling past the coffin that's part of the rote and the ritual. For them they have to physically see a coffin to almost complete the process that, yeah, the queen is no longer there. But that's only part of the process. In between this, we are being shown that we now have a new king. So you have the prince, who is now a king, stepping in. But again, you've still got the underlying part, which is this funeral that's not taking place yet. Now, for those of you who have lost loved ones, you will begin to understand if you start applying this sort of a semi-personal level that the busyness of of trying to wind up someone's estate, of dealing with clothes, of dealing with endings, of, of, of dealing with financial stuff and of arranging a funeral even, all of that keeps you very, very busy. So while the physical body of the person is no longer there, you are kept busy and dealing with stuff. So it's almost like putting grief to one side. You're like, well, I'm so busy, I've, I've got this to attend to, I've got that to attend to, that in the quiet moments, yes, you may grieve. But in those busy, busy moments, you're putting grief to one side. I'll deal with it, I'll deal with it, it's fine, I'm, I'm going to deal with it, I've just got to get this done first. Now, this applies to... Everybody at this time. Because the Queen's death has triggered the grief process. Now, as I said at the top of this podcast, if you have not dealt with the grief process, if you have not completed it, then you will begin at the place that you stopped. So basically, when the the, the Queen has passed and the announcement was made that she has passed, it triggered the grief process now it won't trigger the start of the grief process, it will, start, it will start from wherever you personally got to. Now there are eight stages of grief. Now these are, stages come in different times, so we don't, first of all there's loss, so we deal with loss. There's anger, there's bewilderment, there's denial, there's all these different stages of grief. And they don't happen in a certain order, they are different for every single person. So you may have gone into denial, but you may have first of all gone into anger, or maybe you went into loss. But there is going to be one of those that you have stuck in. For most people, it's anger. Anger is a very challenging part of the grief process to get through because we don't feel that we can be angry with somebody who's no longer physically present. Somehow, in family structures, it seems appropriate that we can express our loss but to express that we're angry because the person's suddenly not no longer there for some families that is not appropriate and will not be permitted so it's never vocalized but just because it's vocalized doesn't mean it's been passed through so whatever stage of grief that you have got to the further stage that you've got to will suddenly trigger on the announcement of the queen Now, you may think that, well, I don't really take notice of the Queen, so it's nothing to do with me. But she's a symbol, remember, and it's a frequency. And that frequency has been transmitted now. So the frequency and the collective grief that is about to outpour is massive. Which is why I have uploaded the latest dragon meditation and why we are doing all this work just now before the end of the mourning period officially. Because as it is with all deaths, it's not until the coffin is put in the ground, the preparations come to an end, the busy period of dealing with the finance and everything else begins to slow down, that reality hits Once you walk out of that cemetery or once you receive the ashes or or whatever way that you, you have dealt with the death, there comes a period where it almost feels like a void, where you understand that life does not go on the way that it did because there's a person missing. That is the moment that the grief will wash over the entire world. That is the tsunami that is about to hit humanity collectively. So it's very important that we are aware of the rote and the ritual and that we work with the realms at this time in order that we address our own process because we do not want to be drowned in the flood that is coming. The parting of the sea and the arc if you, well you can look at it in two ways we can look at it as the parting of the sea so that we get from point A to point B into the promised land but it also works if you look at Genesis and the flood because Noah built an ark now the ark is your protection from the sea and the rising sea and people are going to be seriously affected by this we are only seeing the drip, drip, drip of this ocean at this time, but the floodgates are about to burst. They will burst possibly on the 19th when she's buried. Because on the 20th everything will be lifted, there will be no more black plaques when you go into stores, there will be no longer news commentary about the Queen being buried. It will all shift to Prince Charles Charles becoming King and the king starting his reign, albeit he's already started. So where people expect to see the monarch, they will see the male. So we will go through the process of changing the money, changing the stamps, changing everything that has the queen on it to becoming the king. And this is a process. However, between the 19th and the 20th, the absolute shock of what has happened... And of course the triggering of where you were in your your grief process is going to hit the human race. Now most of you can feel it when you are looking out onto family and friends. You can feel the distress that is there. That is going to increase which is why it's so vital that we deal with this. And so vital that we get through the grief process because there is an ending to it. Grief is not eternal. Grief has a certain time limit to it. Now there are various views on this where people say that you never get over someone, you just learn to adapt, blah, 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 blah. All of that is just lip service to not being able to deal with grief. When we can get through the grief process and we understand the gift that we had, the experiences that we had and the learning that we had, when we begin to understand the role of heaven, when we begin to understand that energy never ever dies and that yes, we don't have the human physical person with us but there is a place where their spirit is, then we begin to view it in a whole different way and there is healing to be had. We are healing the family lineage from grief. That grief is passed down on a cellular level from all the generations that went before us, who just walked with their grief. Many of them walked in grief. Now when we traverse, when, when we move from the human physical body into being spirit, into being energy again, everything that bothered us, anything that physically trapped us, if you like, ceases to exist. So when you have a loved one, who potentially has died, and they've died not of old age. For many of you, they will have died of illnesses. Many of you, it will be a sudden death. Now, there is a lesson in the sudden death. These lessons went out across all of us so that we could prepare for what is about to happen in humanity. When there is a sudden death, it is slightly different the shock wave is perhaps more intense than when it is a death where people are coming to the end of their natural life which is why i alluded to the queen being 96 at that age once people start getting into their 70s their 80s their 90s <clears throat> there's almost this almost this sort of expectation that their life is coming to an end so we begin to mentally prepare you can never, ever fully prepare for the death of a loved one, ever. Even if you think you can, you can't. Because of this shock when their physical presence is no longer there. However, we may start the grieving process much, much earlier if we have an older relative and they're approaching those age ranges. So we begin to unconsciously prepare for their leaving. But in the, in the case of children, babies... Sudden deaths, accidents, there's no preparation. So it's important to look at that. And when we are able to remember the people who have gone before us, and we remember them with joy, we understand the healing that heaven has permitted us to do. And we begin to lift the lid on certain things in our human life experience that we have prevented ourselves from experiencing because of the grief. Now when grief walks into the human life experience, joy normally walks out because grief and joy traditionally do not sit with one another. But that is a frequency difference. There is joy to be had at the end process of the grief When we can understand the place that grief has. Because grief does not only apply to the death of other human beings. Grief applies to every single thing that dies. So we may have had great aspirations when we were younger. We may have thought we're going to do this for a career. We're going to do this. We're going to do the next thing. Even relationships. Friendships. No matter what level of friendship or relationship. If that did not last the course and it did not meet the expectations, there's a grief there because that died. But in order for something to be reborn, there has to be a death. So this continual cycle has to be allowed to kick in. Because if you do not die to something, you can never have a rebirth. So in order to die to grief, there has to be the death of grief to be the rebirth of joy. And these are things that the human logical mind simply cannot comprehend. But your heart can. When you go into your heart, you can understand that in grief you can be touched by joy. You can have the joy that that person who was perhaps terminally ill is no longer suffering. That that person has transmuted out of that pain. That the gift was in their passing, so they didn't have to endure the pain. And there is healing in that. So then we look at relationships and we look at friendships and we or we look at jobs even in careers, and we understand the gift that was in the non continuation of that. Because you would not be here where you are today with the experiences. The life experience that you have if you had not gone through the processes that you've gone through. But if you've not gone through the full process of grief, you haven't opened the book. So, when grief comes in, that is a nod to you from death. That there is something beyond that has to be interacted with. But first of all, you have to let this go. And we're not good at human beings level of letting things go because we don't see what's coming in beforehand so if we look back to the, to the earlier parts of our lives we can see that wow if we knew what was going to happen next we would have given that up that much more easily than we did at the time but we don't have that vision we're not permitted to see through that veil that is the leap of faith that we're asked to take at this time and we do close down parts of our human life experience. The parts that are the most triggered by the grief are the ones that we we just gently walk away from. And the more raw our grief is in respect of that, the more we will just walk around it. So we learn to live in a sort of streamlined version of ourselves. So we keep in this sort of streamlined version of ourselves because we know An unconscious level that if we widen it out, we might step on the grief again. So your human logical mind will always try and make you make choices that keep you away from the the pools of grief that are on your path. That doesn't allow you to walk the whole path. Which is why we must now clear this path of grief in order to move forward. Some of you are facing an ocean and you're thinking, well, I understand what you're saying, Karen, on one level. I'm not sure how to step forward because it appears that there's no dry land for me. That is where Christ comes in because it was Creator who opened and parted the sea for Moses to lead his people out of slavery and into the freedom that God had offered. Now we are being given the same choice, the moat that is around humanity is called death. It is filled with grief. And many, many people believe that they will never get across the other side of that. So they live on the island which grief enforces on them. Now for us to walk through that water, we have to be in trust and faith of Christ. And we have to hand over all the the grief that we can. Everything linking us to the grief, we don't know what our grief is. Grief is, is like an undefined word if you like because it's full of emotions it's like a jar that's full of everything and we can't describe what it is because the jar keeps changing so once we hand over our connections to the grief then Christ will begin to start the healing process and we will find that when we look at that really deep moat that's around the castle that we are living in we we'll begin to see where some of the waters are receding and it may not be that it has to be perfectly dry. To get beyond the moat and beyond the castle, often we can get our feet wet, that's fine. We can maybe get up to our knees wet as long as the the current is not too bad that it's going to sweep us off our feet and we will get to the other side, which is the work that we're doing just now. Now many of you are looking out onto a population who seem to have lost their heads. Literally, the behaviour of the general public at this time knows no craziness because they are all reacting from a place of grief. And grief can make us do the most insane things because we are not living in our heart when we are in grief. Grief. We are only operating from survival and we are only operating from black and white which is the human logical brain which is yes and no, up and down, left and right. So we can make some very odd choices and have some very odd behaviour and take some really bad decisions when grief is running the show. So at this time we will be very protected. There will be decisions or or avenues that we try to walk where the angels will just stand in front of us and say, whoa just hold your jets. Stop right where you are. Now, if we approach this from a logical point of view, it will make no sense. And many of us are just going to fight with an angel for the next week. We're just going to be, let us pass. We know what we're doing. But the angel is not in grief. The angel sees the bigger picture that we can't from this viewpoint. And the angel sees what we're holding and the angel knows that we cannot take it with us. That angel is our protection. And you will never win when an angel begins fighting you. And it's very easy to sit here creating this podcast and say, well, just surrender to the angel when the angel shows up. Believe me, I have had battles with angels and I lost every single one. But Creator allowed me to have the experience and the moment that it hits you that you are wrestling with an angel is the moment that you get clarity as to what you're actually fighting, which is your own pain. There is not one of us alive in this human physical vehicle that we inhabit that does not have a level of pain that can be healed. No matter what your circumstances are telling you. No matter what your relatives are telling you. No matter what your spices are telling you. Heaven knows best. Christ knows truth. And we are. So no matter how lost you feel at this moment in time. You are not lost. When you have opened your heart to Christ. When you have surrendered to Christ. You are held in a process very tightly. Sometimes the angels will allow us to wander. They're like parents to us little children. They will allow us to play and they will allow us to run and everything else. But there comes a moment where we stray too far and the angel pulls us back. There's an angel that will prevent us running too far ahead. There's an angel that will step behind us and start moving us if we just sit down and refuse to move. We are so protected by the angels. So the whole theme of this entire podcast is to help you see that this is a pivotal point in our evolution. The symbolism of Queen Elizabeth passing from the physical to the etheric is massive because she is the she was the longest reigning. Sovereign. Even if we don't live in the country where she ruled as such, she will have impacted because she will always be in the background. And the scenery has changed and that is a major symbol all by itself. We had lockdown. Lockdown lasted approximately two years. And I remember the day that lockdown happened, where I was, who I was with and where I was working. And it couldn't be further from that now. However, there was a grief moment there. Because in lockdown was the end of that way of living. When we went home that day, the day the government announced that everybody had to be back in their homes and that shops and businesses were closing and that we were in an official lockdown, that was the start of a grief process that many didn't see either. That was the locking of the door to the old. That was the moment two years ago that our lives stopped. We can no longer go back to that life. There is no way back. Many people are under the false belief that the world will somehow revert to pre COVID times. It won't. The lockdown changed all that. It changed the way that we live, it changed the way that we interact, it changed the relationships. It changed everything. And now two years later, we have another significant change. We will never live the way that we did under that monarch because she is no longer there. And the way that this new monarch is coming in will be completely different because A, he's a male. B, he's much older when he's taken the throne. It changes everything. And if there's one thing that humanity do not like is change. It's all very well if we're instigating the change. If we decide one day we're changing the colour of the walls or we're going to buy a new dress or a new pair of shoes, that's perfectly fine because we are controlling it. But when change comes along and says, hey, hey, I'm here, most of us will go, I'm not ready for you. And we've had no option. So this is a human race who are coming out of lockdown The entire world went into lockdown. They've had two years of coping with that and then they've just almost got back on their feet and bam, you've taken the longest reigning monarch off the page. This is another change that will change everything once again and people are not good at change. So the outpouring of grief has not begun. The mental health issues that people are going to start displaying has not begun. But we are prepared because we are forearmed, therefore we are prepared. We are doing this work for reasons. Reasons that will become very obvious in the next few months, few weeks and certainly the next few years. There are many of us who have prophesied about the changes that will occur to humanity and the world for many, many years. And we did it at a time that possibly was out of sync with what people were, were believing and seeing. But many of us remember. We were promised a new earth and a new way of, of living and being. It's begun. We've been living it for the past two years. And now we are pounding up, if you like. Because as the old is washed away, as the old just dissolves and it's dissolving in frequency which is why the physical is no longer there we did a lot of work etherically for this, spiritually once what has been promised spiritually starts appearing in the physical waking everyday life it does shock people but it is a validation and we are ready even if we think we're not, we are because heaven has decided we are and heaven is pushing us. The dragons are released. The crystal kingdom is coming to the fore more and more. The angels are making themselves known. They will become physical. And the skulls are working on all levels to keep us safe and secure so that we may walk in this world unseen at times. So this is a rallying call to all of you. You are not forgotten. We are not forgotten. We must now prepare to deal with our personal grief. To go through the process. To allow us to walk among humans who are in severe pain. And to not resonate with them. We can have compassion. Compassion is a big word. And we will have the grace of Creator to walk in. But if we resonate with their grief, we will be trapped with them. You cannot help a drowning man by remaining in the swimming pool with him. You have to leave the pool and then help him. And that is the scenario that we are in. Symbolism that we are using. So I thank you for listening to this podcast. Please share this podcast widely. There are tools and there is information on the Truth Codes website. There are meditations that can help you through going into your deep heart space. The key is always in your heart. When you find yourself going over and over and your brain takes over, take a step back. Stop what you're doing and focus your energy on your heart. The way out is through the heart. Because the heart knows, because only the heart is connected to truth. So I thank you for listening. We are